0: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network.
2: Welcome
3: to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I refuse to believe that comedy is dead no matter how many times the boring progressive activists try to drown it in their tears. Comedy will rise above these attacks. And I mean, seriously, laughing is good for the soul people. In fact, I've already been laughing with my guest today. I didn't even know if we could start the podcast because we were joking so much. My guest today is actually keeping comedy alive with his own new show that show tonight michael loft is is the co-creator and executive producer michael thank you for being here we'll see where this goes you are a comedy genius and you've already had me laughing hysterically so why 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 are they trying to kill it well first
4: of all let me just say i'm a big fan and and probably because you called me a comedy genius so let's just (laughs) let's just keep those going Let's can we do an hour of that? That just seems yeah. great. I'll just lie back and you're like, and I really thought you were funny, and I'll be like, stop.
3: We're going to change the name to just the the Michael Loftus Fluff Show. Just <laughs> making him happy, whatever he wants.
4: See? But I would watch that. I would watch the Michael Loftus <laughs> Fluff Show.
3: I know, but we need more than one download. Yes.
4: Yeah. Uh here's so uh I've been a comedian for a very long time. Started back in the uh, the early 90s moved to Los Angeles in late 97 worked in television had my own stand-up special you know blah blah I saw all this coming it's funny like I started performing at colleges like years before uh, Seinfeld and those guys started realizing just how bad things were uh, and it's it's really funny it's there's no big confusion about like everybody, usually people want to talk about cancel culture and what do we do and blah, blah, blah. You just, you just keep going. You just refuse to change for it. And I think that that's what, you know, you can dissect things and go, okay, never apologize, which, you, which you never should do. Uh, however, you should just continue to, to make people laugh. That's, that seems, that's, that's the winning combination. Just keep going on, making fun of the morons, making fun of the idiots, making fun of the, of the weird and awkward, making fun of yourself, but just don't change your behavior whatsoever. It's 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 there's no big mystery here. Just continue But you couldn't on.
3: have Seinfeld today. I mean, that would be no no network would carry it because they would be afraid. So how do you do it? How do you do this? How do you keep going when a network goes, "Oh, we can't have the soup Nazi. We can't have that on TV."
4: Well, well, you start you start your own thing. That's what I did with that show tonight. Uh, And it's, it's, it's been a wild road. Uh, But a few years ago, I want to say 2018, uh, because everybody realized how popular the daily show was and the Colbert report and all, all those shows and that, and that all the late night shows were coming from the same political point of view. They were all coming from the left. And so you realize there's this huge gap. And then Roseanne Barr had done the reboot of, of her show, and it was wildly successful. Roseanne Barr was getting ratings like an NFL playoff game, seriously, like every Tuesday night. So I went out with a, a like a super famous Hollywood bigwig. This guy has produced produced and starred in huge hit movies and hit TV shows. And so we came up with this like uh, common sense, right-leaning, more conservative libertarian answer for The Daily Show. And we started pitching it around town. And I'm telling you, as a guy who's, I've pitched television shows, I've sold television shows, I've written on network shows, these pitch meetings that we did were some of the best ones I've ever been a part of. Like our agents were in the parking lot going, okay, everybody, there's gonna be a bidding war. This is gonna be huge. And all of these outlets, uh, Netflix, Amazon, uh, Sinclair, CBS, all these syndicated groups, they all turned it down. They go, Michael, we think you're hilarious. We love this show. We know the show would be a huge hit. We'd make a mountain of money, but we can't afford to be friendly to the right. So.
3: (laughs) I mean, do you consider yourself the right? Is that
4: uh, that, I, mean, I guess I do. I'm definitely, I'm definitely right. I'm definitely right of, of the middle where the country is now.
1: Right. But to
4: me, that's where all the comedy is. Right? right. Uh, so to make a long story short, I was, I was just mortified, just absolutely, absolutely mortified. I always thought you think money would be the great equalizer, you know, like, oh, I, I run a television studio. I want to make money. Here's an underserved part of America. We should program to, and they were just nope, not going to do it. We know we would make money; we know it would be a hit, but we don't want to be friendly to that segment uh, of America. So that's when uh, it was like right when the, like the lockdown started, uh, and I had I've been approached many times to do like a a sketch show, like SNL, but it leans to the right.
0: And this is the right. first
4: time, and it's 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 been the most work on a project but also the most satisfying like who knew you we have we had to get our own servers because you know like they started up parlor i
3: know that's what i mean they started kicking people off and and i think about just i think about comedy as such a I mean, such a calming relief because those shows really were successful. And don't you think society was happier back when we were watching shows that were just goofy and made fun of people and no one cared? They enjoyed it?
4: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I got I did an interview with the BBC uh, recently and they couldn't believe that there weren't any shows that leaned to the right. And they're like, you know, in England, there's if you've got a political party in, in the UK I guarantee you have a show that represents you, you know, in a comedy uh lighthearted fashion. So it's just I think what happened is the, the left realized what a stranglehold they have, you know, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube, and then they and then all of cable beyond you know beyond Fox News. They they had they had a lock on the market. And that's a huge once you get a power like that, you're not going to let it go. You're not going to let it go. Right. Which is fantastic. Well, I,
3: but but it has created such an unhappy youth and people get so mad when you joke now. So I, you probably have figured out that I like to joke around. I'm a joker and I would joke around on the campaign trail and that was not, not highly welcomed by the leftist media. So one day we were on the trail and we were talking about the lockdowns and they said she made a joke about the Gretchen Whitmer getting kidnapped. And I said, no, that wasn't a joke, but it was a joke then later that night when we were talking about Gretchen Whitmer had walked through the, um, she'd walked through the auto show with Joe Biden. And I said, Joe Biden reaches over and holds her hand at the auto show and you can see her face. Like, I wish I were being kidnapped right now instead of this. And people were so mad about it. It was like she made this joke. That's hilarious. And And I'm like, it was a joke. And and we had so many media come up to me, like, what it, what it, you know, do you apologize for this? And I'm like, no. Will you stop making it so that we can never have any levity in life? Everybody knows I was joking. Yes. And and that's the problem is that. If you can't joke, then you be the opposite of that is people just become uptight and angry. And that's when you end up with this violence and hatred.
4: Well, uh, unfortunately, it works. You know, my, my favorite part of like the media and, and like journalism is how they they won't be able to tell the difference. Like you obviously like like you made an obvious joke and then they go, wait a minute. <laughs> right. Why would you want that? Why were they? They would do it with Trump all the time. When when he was serious, they'd act like he was joking, and when he's joking, they'd act like he's serious. And like, what? What would that? What does that mean?
3: Like, really? <laughs> right. We must we must go into a deep dive analysis. And it but it and works. All of us are going. Remember when you could be funny? Right. <laughs> Remember those days?
4: Yeah. Unfortunately, though, it it works when you're especially going after a political candidate, you know, they just want to, you know, bake in that negative, the the negative, 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 negative. I think there's a group of people,
3: though, that so desperately want comedy to come back. They don't care. They do not believe this baloney about you can't be funny anymore. I mean, honestly, I am not kidding. When I look back at the shows that I watched as a kid, Seinfeld would not be a show today, could not be a show today. They would never allow that.
4: Right. So that's the exciting part. So that's the exciting part, which gets me to our, our national economic divorce, like, So those funny things aren't going to be allowed on like network television. It's going to be the end of comedy for a lot of people because like, and I saw the handwriting on the wall on the last shows that I worked on, on CBS and, and even before that on ABC, where the censors would say, Oh, we can't really. Oh. And it's like, Hey, it's a situation comedy. Like it's a comedy comedy. It's, it's, we're not making a documentary. We're not telling people how to live their life. We're slinging jokes. Yet still, they would get so uptight about it, you know, and, and, and censor a lot of things. So uh, there's this wonderful invention called the Internet. And let's just, for the people who want it, they can come out and, and watch that show tonight. And then when I go out to a comedy club, I've got a great little tour uh, that I'm, I'm starting at the end of this month. So the the fun people can come out and enjoy their lives. You just you're just going to get everything a la carte. But yeah, this will be it it will be the end of network television unless they come to their senses. It'll be the end of cable TV unless they come to their senses. And if you look at what Disney's doing, Disney is batting a thousand. Uh, they're they're simultaneously ruining their brand. They're ruining Marvel. They're ruining Star Wars. It's like everything they touch. I
3: saw that you were not a fan of all of the the cameos. so you didn't. Did you feel like Lizzo and Jack Black just weren't a believable couple. What was it that you just couldn't get with?
4: it's It's like the whole the whole Mandalorian in in general <laughs> is just stupid. It's just stupid. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Like I'm a huge, I I, I'm a huge John Favreau fan. And it's like, why do, why do these, it just keeps getting more stupid. And I have nothing against Lizzo or Jack Black, but really that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do with Jack. Hey, I'm Jack Black and I'm eating food and there's Lizzo. <laughs> I'm Lizzo and I'm eating food. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> like it's a waste. It's a waste of their talent.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I think we all thought, but that also was very strange, because it was sort of this um, posture of look at all these people we can get, but the whole appeal to the Star Wars brand is that it's people you don't know, and they create this amazing show for you to watch. And so it really went yes. against everything that is Star Wars. And I think that's why people went, oh. What just happened? And and it was totally out of context of what was going on in The Mandalorian. But I think that this is just what is happening in, I mean, it's happening in all these brands. They're just dying. And we're saying, why? Why? I mean, SNL, SNL today is not the SNL that it used to be. I mean, think about can you imagine having Pat on SNL today? Right. Right.
4: They were, I mean, because they would
3: be like, are you offended by that?
4: Comedy is always like light years ahead of the crowd, like light years ahead. Pat doing that whole thing. Money Python did some hilarious stuff about like the trans movement back during a life of Brian. And you're just like, holy smoke. And that's like, it's the canary in the coal mine. South Park does some wonderful stuff. And I also think yes. that, that new sketch comedy show, that show tonight does some hilarious things <laughs> as well.
3: So tell us about, but you are, you have a page. People can go, do they pay for this? How do you, how do you Yes, do this?
4: they pay for it. And that is the, 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 the great thing. It's like a la carte. You're going to it's a- like
3: a secret society. Now, if you want to laugh, you have to, you have to pay for it secretly on your own. yes. Which I'm because, cool, cool. With. I think that's fine.
4: Sponsors aren't going to touch it. Sponsors aren't going to come near this until there's a, a level of success, and then I'd love the transition to where we're just giving it away. You know, as as the world comes to their senses. But yeah, they go to thatshowtonight.com, and it's a it's it's like five bucks a month. And here's the great thing: now content creators are finding us. People, there, there's people who are making these wonderfully funny uh, mockumentaries. They're making feature films. So, like, I just wanted to do a comedy show, you know, just like, hey, once a month we'll do this show. It's five bucks. You get it. You know, it's a deal if you sign up for the whole year or whatever. Like, Jim Brewer's done shows with us. Uh, and uh, Dave Landau just did a show. Christy Swanson's going to be doing a show. Dean Kane. I want to get – like, I'm just like everybody – But now these content creators are are coming to us. So like, okay, crap, we need some more bandwidth because we're going to have to add this show and that movie. So it's quickly turning into like a little mini streaming service, which just is exciting and puts some lead in my pencil.
3: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. conservative version of which I don't, I think comedy is just comedy. So I hate to label it in one realm or the other, but it gives you kind of that comedy central network that you can create for people who are still wanting to see sure. actual comedy. I mean, I really feel like it's this secret society now where you're like going to the speakeasy. What are you doing here? tonight? I'm
4: listening to comedy. Don't tell anybody it's a news. It's a Dave Chappelle show. They're protesting outside. Yes. It's funny. And it's like, I want it to be comedy for everybody. Uh, it's why, like, like Comedy Central has been into censorship uh, and trying to steer the taste of America for decades now. For decades now. Like, uh, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour was, like, the one of the most successful things Comedy Central ever did. But they always kind of kicked those guys to the curb. And never really gave them the respect that they deserved. Same thing with Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham, amazing success on Comedy Central. Every one of his specials was huge, but they always just kind of, you know, put him to the side because they want to decide who's cool and who's not cool. And they want to be in but charge of But how do the you
3: censor comedy? Isn't the whole point of comedy the shock and awe that makes you laugh? It's something so outrageous that you just think it's hilarious. Yes. If you have to if you have to censor comedy, then we will never laugh again.
4: That's right. Comedy exists um on surprise. You know, that you you it's like it's like if you, a knock-knock joke, knock knock who's there about so you you set up this reality and then you have this element of surprise and, and with like woke culture and censorship you're taking away that sense of surprise. I know ex- I know exactly where Jimmy Fallon's going with a joke. I know exactly where Stephen Colbert's mm-hmm. going with a joke. I can write it faster than they can say it. But at least with Gutfeld you're like, "Okay, oh, oh, that was a surprise." You know, right. and that's why he's number 1 in late night now. It's not it's not Ryan. it's not rocket surgery.
3: right right no there is not rocket surgery so it's not definitely not that definitely
4: not that see (laughs) and and like you you think i'm gonna say rocket science but i turned it to surgery that my friends is comedy are you guys writing this down you should probably write. i know
3: i know we should be because maybe that's the next step in this whole podcast world (laughs) <laughs> if we can just, but honestly, I think it's such a draw. And, and that's why I, I laugh about the secret society, but. I think people are dying to go back to those old days where you could watch a show and just laugh. I mean, and I used—I remember doing my homework in high school and listening to my parents laugh out loud at nighttime TV. And I don't even think people watch TV anymore. They don't watch the networks. They're always streaming. It's whatever show you're into. You just binge watch it. How do we get back to the fact that we we see people laughing?
4: Well, that is why we film. We do... That show tonight in front of a live studio audience. That to me is everything. And this is just my own personal philosophy on on comedy and theater and all of us. I still think that like we've got that like that, that caveman DNA. It's funnier when you're in a group of people. When you're in a group of people watching something all the same time, like those old sitcoms, you know, you'd get that great thing, you know, blah, 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 was filmed live in front of a studio audience. I always right, loved right, that. Right, oh yeah. And, like, Saturday Night Live used to have that as well, where it's like, oh, my God, that thing just happened. And I'm there was episodes of, like, Taxi, where I literally thought my dad was going to die. I thought I was <laughs> watching him die in front of my very, uh, what does a yellow light mean? That was just it. So, and when you hear the audience just roaring with laughter, that's the... That's the thing. You need that live audience. And when, and when, yeah, people are like just watching from their home and they don't. And audiences are smart. You can tell when it's a crappy laugh track and when they're trying to fake it, you know.
3: Right. Of course. Well, if you're, uh, if we you're were... watching
4: at home, you want to be part of that community experience, like like at a comedy club. I, my favorite when I'm doing when I'm on stage doing stand up, I always love it. I love the moment like you're just you know, you want to crush And you'll tell a joke, you know, and you just know you're just hammering. You're like Mike Tyson. And you'll see somebody in the audience like howling. And then they'll look over at a stranger and like they'll have this like shared quick communication like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you believe this? That's the best.
3: And that's something that we don't see anymore. The other night we had the Golden Girls on and my daughter, my oldest daughter said to my mom. The show is so annoying. There's constantly people laughing as they're talking. And I thought, oh, my word, she's never heard a show in front of a live studio audience because they're just watching all of this junk that they come across. Or it's a, you know, some mermaid show and they watched 75 episodes of it in a row, you know, and I think they're missing out on this. A whole generation could miss it if we do not bring comedy back.
4: Yes. Yeah. I mean. I'm always going to have, like, hope and an optimistic look at the future because they said that, like, oh, movies are going to kill Broadway. That'll be the end of Broadway. And I I just checked the other day. Video
3: will kill the radio star? And
4: I think, well, it did. It did. (laughs) No,
3: I still listen to radio.
4: We're still, no. But, like, you know that thing. When you're watching a music video and you see somebody really ugly singing, you're like, (laughs) Wow, they must be talented.
3: (laughs) But now, now those are the people that are lifted up. It's like, look at how amazing, strong and brave.
4: Right? Yeah. Stunning. Look, it's it's Lizzo in a G-string. She must really (laughs) be great.
3: I was thrilled, actually, when I saw her in the gown on The Mandalorian because it was the most close I've ever seen on Lizzo.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, the costume department isn't the problem. On the mandalorian it's it's the writers that's 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 the problem costuming's all good they had she's so big they had a hologram following her did you see that (laughs) she's like walking (laughs) through and they just like we're gonna put this hologram thing behind you for more (laughs) coverage
3: what is attached to her and i think it was because i have never seen so much of her body covered and then there was something hanging off of the back and i thought this is very strange because it, wouldn't her fans of just her nude body hanging out there be a little offended that not only does she have so many clothes on but they have added a hologram behind her i don't maybe that was the problem with it
4: it's almost like i know like, you
3: were hoping for the g string
4: i don't know i'm i listen i'm always hoping for the g string i don't care <laughs> if you feel if you feel comfy with them suns out buns out then you go girl like that's that's the least of our problems. My my problem is when society tries to say that's healthy. That like, mm, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know how, like like the real big girl. I don't know how healthy that is. But you wear what you want to wear. You wanna you wanna rock a g string on your private jet. Well, you go, Lizzo.
3: You know, listen, I am. I walked by Victoria's Secret the other day, and I the girls were with me, and they looked at it, and they were like. You could see the looks on their faces were confused. Now, when I was their age and walked past Victoria's Secret... All of the models were these incredibly sexy, super hot supermodels, right? And people were like, "Oh, this is an unachievable lifestyle. We should never have these supermodels." And so then we ended up with real people. And the fact of the matter is that when you are a real people and you a real person, and you see yourself up there in Victoria's Secret clothes, you're like, "Oh crap, I don't want to look like that." And then you walk by when you see a supermodel, you're like, "Am I going to look like that? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go in there and get myself some of those." And and that was how I felt. I looked at it. I'm like. Well, shoot! If I'm going to see my own fat body looking at me, I don't want to go in there and get underpants. I can,
4: I can get baggy sweatpants at Target.
3: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'm like, where are these brand managers that are like, let's put the average mom body up there? Every mom will come in and want these. And I'm like, no, we like to think that we don't have a mom body. That I have the opportunity to be Giselle, but now I'm going to have to look at this and remember that's what I'll look like in that outfit. You would be better off making me believe that I'm gonna look hot.
4: Yes, and making you. And isn't it better for society not to get too philosophical here, but to aspire to something? It's like, oh, I do, I do feel a little less than, so I should probably try to better myself today so I can get closer to this ideal. Like, listen, uh, I could look, I could look like Michelangelo's David if I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, like, like, really, I could. I just. It's time man, but no, we should aspire to be better. Uh, we should aspire towards beauty. we should uh, aspire towards but, working but the that was the
3: idea that they killed when when we were young, it was like, do not tell people they should aspire to this because you're going to hurt the feelings of the people who don't. But you know what? I'm actually never going to have the same body as Giselle, but I like to think that there's a chance. And it does make me want to do something better for myself and for my kids. Just it inspires me to have them eat healthier and think about things differently but because we were told, no, actually, you should embrace the opposite, it really messed up society. Yes. And honestly, it has messed up all of these brands. Nobody is. I was after, I, I mean, because I'm sort of weird and I did have that moment where I went, I don't, I don't actually want to see my real body standing, like staring at me in underwear. I was like, how is this working out for Victoria's Secret? And I looked it up and I was like, you know what? Pretty bad. Yes. Not a good thing. No it's, one else wants to see that either.
4: It, it's it's wild to watch all these brands completely self-destruct. But that's great because I like so hopefully like there's some like, uh, you know, mom and pop lingerie store right now. That's just killing it, <laughs> right? That's just killing it because they're like, here's what's going to make you look sexy. Here's a G string and a corset and it's made out of pleather. Go like that's all wonderful. But th- they don't care and they make these giant mistakes. These giant mistakes, uh, especially with the lives. of
3: Literally, I mean, this is like, there were giant people there.
4: Yeah, but like, if, if you go back to like, uh, the food pyramid, the, the food pyramid, the government's like, this is the right way to go. And it was horrible. Right. And so now you get an obesity problem. And they go, okay. And they don't even apologize. These fucking bastards. They don't even say they're sorry. And, and then they come at us, they go, you know what? The kids need self-esteem self-esteem so everyone gets a medal everyone's a winner huge mistake we now have fat idiots who think they're smart and have great self-esteem. But, and now they're like kids But the can- food pyramid
3: all goes back to the, the lobbyists that said, we gotta get more bread sold. We have to have more of this sold. And then they're making a ton of money, so it may be a mistake for us, but suddenly Big Pharma goes, thank you. You just sent us a bunch of patients. I mean, there really is a twisted behind the scenes to all of this.
4: Absolutely, and there's never an apology. And they keep making these huge mistakes, and I, I think they've finally gone too far. Like with, uh, like with COVID and the lockdowns and all that stuff. Like, oh, children are resi- resilient. They don't even need to go to school. So now they're even dumber than before. And now they've taken it to this insane level of, hey, uh, little boy, do you think you're a girl? Let's sign you up for surgery. And then you're right. like, oh, okay. And then can we go get a tattoo after that surgery? Oh, no, you can't get a tattoo. You're too young and to make those Olympic kind of decisions. It's crazy. And make sure
3: you, make sure you take that Ozempic shot at 11. Yes. <laughs> I mean it's crazy that I mean we used to talk about the art imitating life and uh, so oftentimes i see remember the movie wally where that all the people were just gigantic and they moved around in chairs and they didn't actually do anything (laughs) that's what i'm like oh my gosh we've become this i look around at the airport and everybody's looking up their phones we're all so lazy now and we're like instead of saying you should aspire to something else we're like embrace the laziness in fact We're going to show you pictures of other lazy people to make you feel good about being lazy. And we do feel good about it. We're like, yes. In fact, don't make jokes about it because nobody wants to feel bad anymore because there is a little bit of conviction that happens when you hear these jokes, oh, you know, maybe I should go work out. No, heaven forbid anyone is convicted to do something good. We have to stay on the same path. (laughs)
4: The great thing, the great thing though, about making fun of like fat people, like when you do, you don't have to worry about them chasing you down because you know <laughs> they're they're pretty easy to outrun. That's the that's the one shining beacon of hope in all this. They're just back there with their inhaler. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get you, old oh, chicken.
3: Well, they've got long
4: COVID. <laughs> yes, yes, that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. I got. It. <laughs> I just got, I got, I got long COVID and I got a Domino's pizza addiction. Don't you shame me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free
2: assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
2: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Domino's Pizza is another one. I don't know what they did, but... Um... I don't know. It it has not been as good as it used to be. My Domino's Pizza addiction has made me move to another brand now. But I haven't seen anything crazy from them. Here's
4: what you do with Domino's Pizza, okay? And it's horrible, but it makes it so much better. You get your Domino's Pizza, then you, you, you get it out of the box. Don't start eating it yet. Don't start eating You're not done. Warm up a skillet with just a little bit of oil. Then put those slices in the skillet. It like... It's like time travel. It's so delicious. Yes, I know. You're ordering pizza I feel like and you have you to
3: didn't cook. listen to my whole Wally analogy where I want to be lazy. <laughs> 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 I order pizza. I don't want to have to heat it up in oil and make it some sort of Tuscan
1: Delight.
4: <laughs> that was my, <laughs> that's my male stripper name too. Uh, Tuscan Delight. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's a Star Wars Tuscan Raider. I go out there with the head, you <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a niche audience.
3: <laughs> right. Well, you know, they have to go somewhere now yes. because they're disappointed in Star Wars. You actually have a pretty big audience.
4: You know what? It's it's wild <clears throat> um, with that show tonight and then even my YouTube channel, which is the Loftest party and people should check out the loftiest party dot com. Uh, there's so much censorship going on. And there's such a insane amount of you know suppressing of content if you're making fun of the wrong things. However, you can't keep it you can't keep it censored forever. Like people still find out about it and they share it. You know,
3: right? So so how how success? How long have you been doing that show tonight? And and how successful is it? And tell people again where they get how they go to it, how they find it, how they share it.
4: Okay, so uh, it's it's very you can go to if. If you just want to watch some clips, you know, some sample clips, go to YouTube uh, and just search up That Show Tonight. Uh, and then you're going to want to subscribe and support this wonderful comedic endeavor. So you go to ThatShowTonight.com. Uh, and it's funny, it's like, you know, making fun of the woke, making fun of socialists. or We've been kicked off of TikTok twice for no reason. Like our, we We put out a video and it just starts. I think
3: they know that you're not supporting the CCP. So, I mean, that could be it.
4: Yes. It's hilarious. <laughs> we'll put a video out and it just goes like wildfire. It's it's just, it just starts spreading like crazy. And then they go, you have violated our terms of service, bang, and, and we're gone. So we've been doing the show for almost a year now. And it's very funny because some of the first videos that we ever did are now Circulating all over the place. We've had in the past two weeks, we've had over seven million views on like wow. three clips. Yeah, and I don't want to say I don't want to say the platform because I know the AI is listening. Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, we're not allowed to.
3: They're smarter than us.
4: Facebook won't allow us to advertise. Google won't allow us to advertise. YouTube won't allow us to advertise yet somehow did, some way you, grassroots it's just been happening and it's it's awesome
3: did you hear that now ai has a plan to destroy the world did you hear this latest news
4: ai has one has one of the ais
3: plan. they they tweeted some ai it was oh one what was it it was like a version of some type of chat GPT or, or whatever it is, and they came out with this this plan that would destroy humanity. And then AI talks about how it will take over, and I'm like, this actually, that's not comedy.
4: <laughs> that it's when we should be a little nervous. It's too funny. It's like because I've been concerned about chaos. This. GPT, I've been concerned about this for a long time. Like I, I have, uh, I, I wrote my first novel. I've written like movies and television shows and yada yada. I just wrote my first novel, uh, which is called Neither Stunning Nor Brave. And it's like this romantic comedy set in a not-too-distant dystopia. So when you start to... And I, I love science fiction and all that wonderful stuff. But when you start to ask yourselves, okay, so if we make this thing, what happens next? And with AI everybody thinks it's going to be like the terminator and like oh well they'll, there'll be robots and i'll just throw water on them and and there'll be a, a, a resistance <laughs> ai is ai is not playing and that's why elon musk and everybody who knows what they're talking about in this field is like stop just stop stop right now right we right. need so many right st- now
3: we only have to worry about whether you are actually a man or a woman not a robot but that's the future right
4: but like an AI, what's what's to stop an AI just from launching all the nukes?
3: Right. No, I know it. I mean, I I I think it's. I'm not joking about it. It is incredibly serious and it's terrifying. And you're right. It is why Elon Musk has come out and said, yeah, this is not a toy. This yeah. is not a toy." But we love to play with things.
4: Yes, we do. And it's like uh, San Francisco now has robot cops. New York is going to have robot cops. No way it And if a away. robot
3: cop decides to tr- take you down, I mean, let's face it. We're not beating the robots. <laughs> I just We're not.
4: Can you just imagine? It's like there's so many drunk people who ride the the Long Island Railroad uh, late at night. And so so a little <laughs> R2D2 thing starts coming up to you and wants to write you a ticket for drunk and disorderly. People are going to knock that thing over. They're going to be taking selfies with it, graffiti. They're gonna. There's going to be. There's going to be. Uh,
3: but the next one that comes is one of those weird dog-looking ones, and then it just rips you apart or something. And how do we know that AI is not going to be a bunch of? Exactly. You know, I
4: don't know. The dog. I don't like the dog robots. They have those, and and it and it comes with an attachment for a shotgun on the back. Do you know that? It's just like. It's just like uh, you just.
3: Put- they're weapons. <laughs> yes. They are, and and I'm not kidding when I say I see those things. And I was watching something the other day, and the girls were like, "How cute is that?" I'm like, "See, that's the thing. We think it's it's not cute. It's and I think too many people right now are like, "This is so fun, and it'll be so exciting to have these robots." And you, I watched WandaVision, and I could fall in love with one. And it's not, not that. Yes, it's not that.
4: Yes, it's weird. It's uh, the robots that look like robots. Nobody has a problem with. It's when you right. it's when you get into that uncanny valley. Like you'll always have like, hey, an inventor in Japan has the world's first robot prostitute, and then <laughs> it'll turn its head, and you're like, like okay. That that's...
3: movie Megan, that's what I'm afraid of. Say what? The movie Megan.
4: I have not seen it. Is it Megan Fox oh. though? They watch. make is no. Negativity? They I'll make watch. a little
3: girl that is a friend to someone, and she looks exactly like a little girl. So it's not like C three PO. We're talking about a human that's actually a robot. Like small wonder. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't. But this is a small wonder that turns on everybody and kills them, right?
4: Like, yeah, I mean, it's like the next children... version of Chucky.
3: Uh, ex- exactly, but but think about how smart that would be if you were an enemy to go. All right, we're we've gotten all, way off topic now, so I should probably rein us back in. Bring us and back. Then were,
4: Bring us back. But, uh, yes.
3: So I've I've kept I've kept you longer than I promised, but you really have. I, this has been so much fun for me, and I, I'm sure everybody in the room with me right now is like, "Are you really? Are you going to hear that?" But I am because it's so much fun. So <laughs> wait I a
4: wait a minute. Wait a minute. This has been high quality content. There's people in the room right now who are like, don't air that one. Don't. Are you sure? They're
3: always nervous about anything. Like somebody's going to use this against you. I'm like, have you seen my life? (laughs) Literally every day. Something. I'm over it. I'm over everybody using everything against me. Go for it. Take it.
4: There's no such thing as bad press. Now, now we should say something really horrific. (laughs) (laughs)
3: i've actually found out that you can you you actually can have bad breasts (laughs) run for governor it'll change your mind
4: (laughs) well i had a fantastic time and i'm hoping i didn't ruin your career now i feel guilty i
3: no uh, no no you uh, you just have to take me on that show tonight when this all blows out and I end up homeless, you have to take me in. With
4: absolute joy. With absolute joy. (laughs) We'll get you out. You'll be pushing your little shopping cart and I'll be like, you should host the show. Let's get you hair and makeup. (laughs)
3: There you go. There you go. I have, and I have four children, so they come along. Right. They have
4: their own little shopping carts. You're like a mama duck. (laughs) Yeah,
3: right. Exactly. That is, there are actually people out there that would love to see that. And that is the sick thing about this, because we're so we have to be so divided right now that if if I don't agree with you on everything, then I definitely want you to be pushing a shopping cart somewhere.
4: Yes. So that is
3: when it happens, I'll call.
4: That's horribly annoying when you have like a candidate who like, oh, this person embodies everything I want. And then they make some comment about, I don't, I think it's a little early for straw hat season and everybody's like, (laughs) hold on, it's all straw hat season. Good Lord in heaven. People are ridiculous.
3: Oh, no, it's true though. Because when I was campaigning, the the team was like, so they want you to go bear hunting. And I was like, oh, that's not. Exactly, something I've done before. Um, we really think it would be good for you to go bear hunting. And I thought bear hunting was way different than what it was because I read the book. We're going on a bear hunt. Yeah, and they went over things and under things, and it was a real journey. But this was not that. We we actually rode in a car and looked for bear tracks the whole day, so it was not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be pretty tense, and we would contact a bear, but we didn't. Um, but then, you know, when we're done bear hunting, people are like, you know, there are a lot of people that don't like bear hunting. And I'm like, okay, so we have to be a little quiet about the bear hunting. And I'm like, I mean, is this really a make or break moment? You know, how bad could it be? But I learned a lot bear hunting, actually. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their dogs do most of the work. So you can, you can be, I mean, it's kind of, um. A relaxed event, to be honest. Thought it was going to be way more tense. Most
4: most hunting, uh, as it's done today, is a relaxed event. Like deer hunting, you're sitting in a tree. You got a cooler. You're just like, hey, look at me. I'm I'm hunting. No, you're sitting. You're. you're... I know. I
3: I had that like hunter gatherer mentality. I thought. I don't know why I did not grow up with hunters. So I imagined hunters were all running after things and shooting them. But that's not how it happens. That's what I, I want.
4: To, I want a bow and arrow, a loincloth. I want to be running. <laughs> Damn, I want to be picking like up the, dirt, like letting the wind blow it and going, yeah, two this way. And then you run. That's what I want.
3: <laughs> right, right. I know. No, it's not. It's not like that. So the next exciting thing on my list for sure is going to be like uh, ice fishing I think that that's probably a lot more energetic
4: that's great yeah because that you have you the have the, the sweet little hut that's just all decked you, out you can get in a nap
3: and you can and you can actually what I don't understand is they go out and they have the hut and then they have a heater inside the hut and I feel like there is a love there has to be a little bit of a level of excitement there because I mean are you melting the ice are you falling through is there a risk of death I don't know
4: you have that underlying tension of like, are we about to fall in?
3: Yeah, exactly. Right. Turn the like, space heater down, Am I going to have Lou? to fight for my life? Are my muscles all going to give out on me because of the cold water? We, you know, that could happen. <laughs>
4: and then you start thinking about <laughs> and the I see Titanic. them out there every
3: year and I think there's got to be some adventure there that I'm missing.
4: I it, Go to Africa. Go to Africa. I did stand up in South Africa and we did like a safari thing and there is adventure everywhere everywhere you're like
3: that sounds like you have to do a little run am
4: i gonna get killed by bandits right out of the, right leaving the hotel that's
3: how i feel about new york city right
4: it's the same thing walk through new york city <laughs> without getting mugged or attacked Ooh,
3: that's right see i don't even have to go to africa now i can go to san francisco have you not heard right
4: yeah san francisco <laughs> safari Try to make it through without stepping on a needle. Is that guy homeless or crazy or both? Was that human poop or dog poop? I don't.
3: I know. Did did she have a bad bowel movement or did she just give birth? We don't know. There's anything can happen in San Francisco on the streets.
4: The city of mystery. The city of mystery.
3: (laughs) All right. I really I'm I'm this is going really down. And I think that it's the best podcast we've ever had. I actually think it's fantastic. That's
4: great. And I think you're the best host I've ever had.
3: (laughs) Well, you have to come back. We've had a lot of fun. So Michael Loftus loved having you here. He is the co-creator and executive producer of that show tonight. Make sure you check it out. Like you said, you can go to YouTube and just watch some clips if you're nervous about making taking the full plunge, that full $5. But as you can see from this conversation today, it is well worth it because it is so much fun to laugh. Don't you think?
4: I I not only do I think, I know. And so everybody, come <laughs> on. ThatShowTonight.com. Let's get crazy. Take the plunge. Take the comedy <laughs> ice bucket challenge.
3: That's right. That's right. Your credit card can handle another $5. You haven't paid it off anyway.
4: Get rid of Disney Plus, you loser. Why are you giving your money to people that hate you anyway, dummy?
3: That's right. That's right. When Why watch Lizzo Fully Dressed when you can go to that show tonight?
4: Right? And see me dressed up as a trans swimmer.
3: <laughs>
4: I'm winning awards.
3: There you go. That's perfect. That's exactly what we need. <laughs> Thank you I've for being it. here today. <laughs> you, I have to have you back. Thank you. We, I really appreciate you being here
4: let's do it again.
3: Okay. All right. Mom. Michael Loftus, thank you so much. And thank you all for being here at the Tudor Dixon podcast. As you know, for this episode and others, you just check out tutordixonpodcast.com and you can sub- subscribe right there. Make sure you join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. I cannot promise it will be this funny, but it'll be good. So thank you.